Well, our moms think we're funny. Giant Robo, attack! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are recording. <clears throat> uh, hey, everyone. This is, uh, oh, shit, you know. Can we do it over again? I guess, yeah. Okay. Um, you ready? Yep. All right. Um, it's December 6th, 2020. I'm recording an episode of the Watchmen Character Breakdown with a Comey. Hi, I'm a Comey. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the dialogue within the panel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, say everybody, it's Turk 182. And uh, uh, as, as I stated, that we are um, coming back or uh, doing another episode of our character breakdown of The Watchmen. Yeah. And uh, we're down to our last two people, um, which is uh, Rorschach and Osmandius. Yeah. And uh, so we actually had a bit of a discussion here to say, like, you know, who was, um, you know, who who we're gonna like talk about next? And uh, and Akomi said, I think we need to end it with Osmandius. And I was like, you know, like that I, that sounds good to me. Um, yeah. And um, and I was like, yeah, that, that sounds that sounds like that could be right. End it with Osmandius. You know, I kind of feel like ending it with Rorschach, but I'm like, no, I think ending it with Osmandius works. Um, Rorschach is definitely the one I've been looking forward to the most. I, I, I think anybody listening to it probably has been waiting for us to get around the Rorschach, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely my favorite character, for sure. But, uh, but it, yeah, I mean, he's just Osmandius, man. He's got to be the last one. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Um, and I hate saying that Rorschach is, is my favorite because... He's not a hero. <laughs> right. And he's a truly awful character. <laughs> but there is so much within him that makes him like a great person. That, yeah. Or a great character, rather. Yes, a great yes. character. That you, if you just tell somebody Rorschach's my favorite, then they see all of the the scenes, you know. And right, they, right. Or like the things like, whatever happened to that guy? Well, you know, he tried that trick with Rorschach and he threw him down elevator shaft. You know, those kind of things there. <laughs> um, that, uh, and I, I kind of feel like this is going to be a longer episode too. Oh, absolutely. So buckle the fuck up, kitties. <laughs> get, get some carrot sticks and some orange juice. <laughs> and some orange slices. I'm going to just hit the bathroom now because we're, we're in this for the long haul. So, uh, because the, um, the, the thing with Rorschach is like for someone to really understand what you like about him, you have to really break the character down mm-hmm. and, and that, that takes too much, you know? So a true Watchmen fan, when you say Rorschach, they, they hope they would understand what you mean by that, but right, a right. casual Watchmen fan, um, is, is probably not, but I, I do have to say that I would say people who only watched the movie without reading the book would have a difficult time getting it. Yeah. And, you know, when we talked before, I was like, you know, I, I can identify with Dr. Manhattan, mm-hmm. um, but I can also identify with Rorschach. And I hate to say it. I mean, you know, okay, here's the thing. I can identify with everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah I think, in some capacity or another. I think Lori's the one I, can, I can't identify with as much just because I haven't had that upbringing, the, um, the you know, being forced or pushed into something that I didn't want to be a part of. <laughs> God damn, I can relate to that. And then, <laughs> and then like realizing that I need it, but do I need it because, because 
of what you did to me? Right. Or right. is it because of like, yes, I need it because you were right all along. This was what I needed to be. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but with Rorschach, I can definitely identify with Rorschach. Sometimes, you know, my sense of justice kind of runs very gray. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, in, uh, you know, Osmandy, I'm not Osmandy, is that Dr. Manhattan? I can definitely identify with him. Just my capacity to, God, God I hate that I get so real in these this podcast, <laughs> but, um, that my, my ability to just completely just, you know, just disregard emotion and yeah. just go yeah. you know, logical. Um, which is, I always want to say it's more of a, more of a gift, but I, I think it's also, you know, a, a great curse too. Um, mm-hmm. but given like, if I had to make a choice, which one I'm always going to go logical, you know? Um, right, right. So, and then Dan, I mean, God, I mean, I hate to say it, but who can't, it, it's almost like a fight club thing. You know, it's like the yeah. whole, like. No, we're we're the mill children of history. Like, it's like who who can't relate to Dan? I mean, right, right. You know this this sense of of longing and purpose and wanting to be someone not wanting to be someone great as in like oh, I want to be an influencer, but someone to be someone great, someone that that does something that you know that they can be proud of that I guess think may helps other people or to or to be seen as like like a I don't want to say a hero, but as there's something with purpose to, to yeah. feel like you have a place in the world yeah i mean i think that any comic book fan can relate to rorschach um we've talked about this before you know we and Wallcrawler has agreed with us we as comic book fans have a really strong sense of right and wrong yes and you know maybe there is some wiggle room within what i would consider moral versus what you would consider moral but for us we have this black and white concept of this is wrong this needs to be dealt with and we tend to really buck against seeing what we see is injustice more so than the average person, I think. And I think that falls into a lot of comic book people. I think, one, you know, we've talked about the sense of unity that you feel at a Comic-Con. That, mm-hmm. like, you know, you've got, oh, these are my people. And Going I think... Going home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think a lot, not all, definitely not all, but a lot of comic book and superhero fans feel that that sense of conviction in right and wrong. And that's why everybody kind of gravitates towards Rorschach. Yeah. Um, and you, and you, you've got some people that are, you are, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in a bad way because, you know, I'm definitely a Lobo fan. I'm a passing Punisher fan. Um, but you know, the people that, that, you know, tend to, tend to gravitate more towards those kind of people. And then they want to, they put Rorschach in there too. Mm-hmm. And and that's fine because all those characters do have a very strong moral center. Yeah, you know yeah. that sometimes it is it's 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 uh, buried so deep within their onion that um, that's kind of hard to see. And right, some people right. don't don't they don't get past you know past the layers. Right. Yeah. But, Everybody thinks that Lobo is completely amoral, but his his word is his bind. Yeah. He can't break his promises. I mean, and a guy that that cares about space dolphins i mean he, i mean this i mean he's he's obviously not that bad of a, of a person if he's like hey he, whatever else you do don't fuck with the space dolphins yeah, right yeah, yeah. He, he drove straight to hell to kill the devil for <laughs> killing a dolphin so so um but like i said you take someone like like rorschach and you know and and, and i can i can relate it's a great deal to osmandius too and i think that's also part of the whole 
I think for me, those Osmandius and Dr. Manhattan are very closely um, intertwined mm-hmm. with me. The whole idea of like knowledge and how knowledge can, um, can like separate you from other people and make it hard to relate with right. people. You know, it's, um, right. I was, I was talking to someone the other day and I was talking about that scene from, um, from infinity war when, uh, Thanos meant says to Stark and, you know, well, you know, he, he calls his name and he's, um, and, uh, and you know, he's shocked that he knows who he is. And he's like, you're not the only one cursed with knowledge. And that's such a powerful line to be cursed with knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it, it is because it is a curse because when you have when someone that has knowledge and I'm not, Putting myself out there to be like some like super genius, whatever. But but on for a any, anybody, stool. What you say on a pedal stool? <laughs> yeah. But someone that that is cursed with knowledge has to basically bear like the weight mm-hmm. of of everything that you don't know. Yeah, and they're basically in at that point charged with protecting you from all the stuff that you don't know either because you don't know it or because you don't have the capacity to know it and i'm not saying that in a in a, in a rude way but like people are stupid but not everybody is an astrophysicist right, you know right. and and that's something that you just can't not everybody can learn no everybody can understand it and for the people that do understand it and they understand that everything that comes with it and all the dangers that come with it and the perils and like what has to be done to protect some you know protect everyone else that's a lot of weight that like you know, eight to ten percent of the of the public has, mm-hmm. and you have to carry that around with you, and you can't explain anybody, you know, why, right, you, right. why your shoulders hurt so much, <laughs> and 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 that, and that's the thing you have to carry it around basically in silence. Mm-hmm. That's that's tough, and that can cause you to alienate because oh, yeah. there's no one else that can that can identify or relate, or yeah. very few people. It makes you very withdrawn, yeah. yeah. And um, so it's even in the Bible: whoever adds to his knowledge adds to his sorrows. Yeah. And it's the exact thing. And I'm not sure if we've talked about this on podcast, maybe once before, but um, it's um, there is a a uh, like this suicide rate among super intelligent people is fairly high mm-hmm. because of that, you know. Uh, and so that, that's, I mean, that's, 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 that's a big deal. And getting all back to the whole thing is like, you know, Osmandius and Dr. Manhattan are people who have great knowledge and it doesn't really matter what your great knowledge is in. It could be something really superficial, you know, like, you know, me and like my, you know, pop culture and TV shows and stuff like that. Right. But if that's where my interests lie, that still does uh, alienate me from people when I, Say things, you know, like, you know, that's milk and eggs, bitch. And then my ex-girlfriend like hits me and be like, why are you being an asshole? I'm like, I'm not. I'm like, it's not my fault you haven't seen that movie. It's also not your fault that you haven't seen that movie either. Right. So, um, so I, I, so I, so I can, I can relate to them as well, but, but I think it really kind of, I more towards my center. Um, I think I'm, I'm kind of torn between like a Rorschach and a Dan. Right. Because right. I do want the world to be better and I want people to be better. Right. Yeah. And I, I know, I know I mentioned during our comedian episode that the older I get, the more I kind of relate to him more so than Rorschach. Who, Dan? Uh, no, to the comedian. Oh, oh <laughs> you say so our comedian episode. Just, yeah. yeah. Just like this whole concept of, you know, yeah, it's all a fucking joke. We're basically just pawns in the game. But, I mean, Rorschach I've always kind of gravitated towards because, as you know, I'm a very black and white thinker. I'm not, I'm not fond of uh, the idea of gray areas in, in like, mindsets and worldviews and thinking. 
So I've always just kind of gravitated towards Rorschach on that. And of course, we always, I think we've talked about this in like every episode that like, you know, Alan Moore kind of built Rorschach around uh, Steve Ditko and the question and Mr. A. And like Ditko always has these very black and white objectivist characters. And when somebody asked Ditko if he'd read Watchmen and knew about Rorschach, he was like, oh yeah, Rorschach, that's the guy who's the question, but crazy. <laughs> it's like, no, he's just literally the question. <laughs> like, there is actually no difference between Rorschach and Mr. A if you really look at it. Like, I, I, the first Mr. A story I read, he like, he saves some girl from the bad guy, but then he lets her die because like, yes, but you doubt it in the power of good and that's wrong and that's immoral. It's like, dude, fucking calm down. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's, uh, it's so, it's so funny when people can't, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm going to take this back to Fight Club, mm-hmm. which is, uh, the narrator, um, uh, okay, so I say that for all my true Fight Club people out there, yeah. and now for everybody else, I'll say Jack. Jack can't stand Marla. Mm-hmm. He does not like her at all. I mean, I mean, and he's, and it's, it's weird because Marla sees something that he doesn't. And, and all the way up to the point where she's like, you know what? Fuck you, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm through. I can't, I can't deal with you anymore. And then she says, like, she says, you know, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things I like about you and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but she recognizes right away the thing that he doesn't, which is that they're alike. Mm-hmm. And he rejects that with her because when he sees that mirror, he sees everything that he doesn't like about himself. Yep, so yep. instead of seeing that we have common interests and that we could be better as a whole, yeah. he turns against it. That we're and, equally lost. Right. And and when you mentioned that, that Ditko thing, that's the first thing I think of. It was like, oh, Rorschach, no. He, he, he's, he's like him, but he's crazy. It's like, yeah. no, you think, no, you don't see that they're exactly alike. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the exact same thing as the narrator and Marla of... Of just like, yeah, no, you're like me, but you're crazy. And it's like, yeah, you don't have the same, like, restraints that I do. And it's like, you just don't see it. <laughs> no, you're crazy, and we simply do not have time for this crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think one of the most relatable things as far as the narrator and Marla, for me, is the first time that she spends the night with Tyler, and she comes downstairs. She's like, man, I can't believe anything about last night. And he, <laughs> he just feels like there's so much betray in his voice as he says... This is my house. What are you doing in my house? It's like, this is my space to get away from you, to get away from what I hate about the world, and you're fucking here. What are you doing in my house? It's like, man, I can I can really relate to that shit. <laughs> and, and, it, and so, because it's like, it starts off with the condom in the toilet, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, that, and then he's like, and Tyler's room was shut. And he's like, door was shut. Tyler's door was never shut. It's like, wait, we, we're, we're, you know, we're boys. We're, you know, we're like... Why, what are you hiding from me now? All of a right. sudden, like, this is weirdness, like, oh, there's a condom, and then, and then there's Marlon. He's like, what, what? No. It's like, I mean, I purposely didn't call you back. Right. Because I don't want to deal with you. And then, you know, it's like, what, you supposed to be dead? <laughs> I should have just driven over there, <laughs> taken 45 minutes out of my life to watch Marla die, and none of this would have happened. Yeah, just, just the sheer level of, like, this can't be happening because this is my house. We've talked about this with John Wick of like, there's some shit you just don't do to a man. Right. And you know, people, people hate me bringing that stuff up, but it's like, you know, fight club is a man's movie and it's that kind of thing where it's like, as a man, you, you don't do the shit that they did to John Wick. And it like, I've never talked to a a man who has watched John Wick and thought, ah, he overreacted. It's like, no, no, if they did what they did, 
to my house, to my dog, to my belongings, I would have reacted in the same way. I might not be capable of killing every fucking one of them, but I sure <laughs> want to. Right. It's like, that's like such an understandable response for like a dude to get. And it's, it's the same kind of thing there. It's, it's funny. Um, we're kind of getting away from Rorschach, but I, not, not really, because we're kind of laying down like the, the groundwork for all these other people that kind of like have the same kind of, um, like memorial compass in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you know, they always say Pulp Fiction is like, you know, you know, it's like, you know what, you know, you still got your Malibu. He's like, yeah, you know what happened? Like somebody keyed it, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I wish I could have caught him doing it. It would be worth them doing it for me catching him doing it. It's yep, like, you just yep. don't fuck with a man's vehicle. You, you just yeah. don't do it. <laughs> you know, and now that they, they take his car and, and even that for John Wick wasn't that big of a deal, even though in, in John Wick too, he's like, he gets his car back. He's like, okay, he fixed my car. But, <laughs> but that wasn't the sole thing. It was like, you know, you killed my dog and my mm-hmm. dog meant a lot to me and, and all this other stuff. And it's like, I mean, and it's, it's like, obviously they, they didn't know. Not that it matters. They were pieces of shit. But oh, not yeah, that, not yeah. that they, that they, they, not that they knew, but it was like, this is the day after my wife's funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, like I haven't, had it, I haven't even had a chance to even think about grieving the day after her funeral and you guys do this shit. And, uh, and it's like all of that. But the, the thing is, uh, going to the man that, you know, you're, cause I mean, his house and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that wasn't that important to him, you right, know, obviously, right. you know, the dog was what was most important. And, but then when the car shows up at uh, John Leguizamo's shop and he's like, Oh shit. You yeah, know, it's like, yeah. he doesn't even know anything else about what happened. He's like, he's <laughs> like, do you know whose car this is? Like, he is, you could have done anything else to this guy. You know, you could, you could have stolen his mail. You could have, you could have taken packages off his porch. You know, it's like, you could have done anything. <laughs> but you stole his car. And, and I find out that, oh shit, they also, you killed his dog too. But like, what I love about <laughs> it is that nobody tries to protect those guys. Every time they say, you did what to who? Oh, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you're not walking out of this alive. Like, there's never any doubt that it's like, oh, he's going to get you. <laughs> you know, and I kind of feel for, not to make this John Wick up so bad, I find a feel for the father because he's, he's trapped in this thing where I have to, I have to, like, try to protect my son, even though I know that it's pointless. Mm-hmm. I have to try. Um, and I really have to try with everything I have. I really have to put forth a serious effort, even though I know that's just going to fuck me over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I'll say, because it's going to fuck me, like, I have to try and because I'm going to have to try, it's going to fuck me over, which means I really have to try now because now I'm embroiled in this too. When the thing that you really need to do is be like, Hey, John, I killed him for you. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to take away, you know, like the the glory of this, you know, (laughs) this moment and to rob you of your vengeance. But I took care of him for you because honestly, he fucked up. Kid or no kid, he fucked up. And if I don't do this, everything around me is going to suffer. And it's like, but, you know, like. It, he he was kind of torn, and he did what he thought for the right thing to do from a family perspective. Yeah, but yeah. what he really should have done was put a bullet in the kid's head. And be oh, like, yeah. I'm he, sorry, John. He should have just chained the kid up and hand delivered him to Wick. So oh, it's yeah. like, like I don't want to take this from you. So here, because <laughs> otherwise this is going to cost me literally millions, and I can't hire that many new guys. So. Right. So, oh, but yeah. So Rorschach. Um, yeah, Watchmen is a lot like Fight Club in that I get something new from it every time I go through the story. Yeah. And uh, let me ask you a question, though. Do you sometimes find, because I know you you do your 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 Fight Club watch mm-hmm. every, you know, every birthday. Every birthday. 
Um, do you ever find yourself uh, being like, you know, I don't because I'm going to find something new that you may be a little trepidatious about watching it because there's like a new aspect that's going to like key into you. you're going to see something new that you're going to be like, like, oh, man, like now it's now it's digging in deeper. Like, you're like maybe <laughs> like I, I just want to enjoy it on this level. And but I know if I watch it again, it's going to just, it's going to just worm its way deeper into me. Usually, if I just want to watch it for shits and giggles and pure enjoyment, then I don't do it around my birthday. Okay. It'll usually be like, you know, in the middle of the year. And there's times where I'll still find something new in there. But, you know, it's it's not as much of a religious happening, so to speak, for me to to do it like, you know, say July or something. Okay. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I always, like, you know, it's not just something where it's like, oh, yeah, I'll just pop this in and do it while I'm drawing or whatever. It's like, no, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to pay attention. I got myself a little bit of whiskey. Like, this, this is my zone here, so... But yeah, one thing I noticed about Rorschach this read-through is that he's kind of got a lot of double standards. That's one thing I noticed. Because really? Rorschach always talks about how the rest of the city's a bunch of leeches and how, you know, how he's so superior to everybody. And, you know, of course, his opening dialogue is so good. And he talks about how, you know, everybody's just going to be drowning in blood, basically, and looking up at him and saying, help us. And he's going to look down and whisper, no. But Rorschach is kind of a leech on society. You know? Well, I will say that Rorschach doesn't have a job. Right. So we don't have no where he gets his money from. He he obviously... Well, he sure as hell doesn't pay his rent because the landlord bitches about it. <laughs> um, and I, well, I would say this. With it, when it comes to the landlord, though, I think in his defense, it not, not that it doesn't make it, make it a double standard, <laughs> but in his defense, though, um, he's like, yeah, I'm not paying for this because you're a piece of shit mm-hmm. and you don't take care of anything here. And so, like, for what you provide, it's not really worth paying for. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which and, fits in with the objectivist mindset that right. Rorschach has. And, like, it's in keeping with his worldview. And I would say that I think that when we say he doesn't have a job, like, where does he get his money from? I think the people that he beats up that are bad people, I think, I think he robs them. <laughs> 100%. And that's, and that's the thing. Like, when Dan finally loses his shit and is just like, you know what? I've had it with you. And he just, like, kind of chews him out. One of the things he says is you live off of other people. Right. You know, like, you, you break into people's houses. You eat their beans. You eat their cereal. It's like you are just kind of a leech on society. And I, I'm not trying to defend Rorschach in this in this regard, but at the same time, though, people let him. Now mm-hmm. they let him out of fear, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's part of the reason why they let him. But yeah, because nobody wants to call him out for his crazy. But then even Dan won't do it. I mean, mm-hmm. he kicks open Dan's door and breaks the lock <laughs> three times, <laughs> and and Dan never once, um, never once calls him. And here's the other part of it too. When after after Dan after he breaks in the first time and he gives him the the uh, he's the, the beans right yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we keep talking about the beans but there's the other part that we that we miss too are the sugar cubes yeah he, that he just the sugar eats cubes. <laughs> he just eats like the sugar cubes just oh go crunch 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 <laughs> I mean here's a guy just running off of just nothing but like just processed food and yeah. sugar it's like it's a wonder that he's in any kind of shape to fight <laughs> find the way it is but. <laughs> He, when he leaves, Dan takes him out the back way and he's like, oh, yeah, there's an access tunnel. He's like, yeah, I remember. What well, you could have come in that way too. Yeah. <laughs> you could have come in that way instead of breaking my lock, but you didn't. But you had to be a dick about it. <laughs> but yeah. also because even Dan won't call him out on his shit. Right. Like, Stop breaking my fucking lock. <laughs> but like the other, uh, the other double standard I caught from Rorschach is, you know, his whole thing. Oh, there's there's black and there's white. There's wrong and there's right. I'll never compromise. And he says multiple times throughout the book, I'll never compromise. But then when Laurie's like, 
I can't believe you're upset about the comedian dying after you tried to write my mother. And he's like, I'm not here to pass judgment on the moral lapses of a patriot. And it's like, yeah, but it he tried to rape her, dude. <laughs> it's like, well, he's not I, denying that it happened. It's just, it was a moral lapse. Well, I, w- well, I would say this, though. And with that one, he's like, that happened, but... But that has nothing to do with him being murdered. Right. You know, right. This is something that happened, you know, a while back. And, and that was that your mom apparently is, is okay with it or she, you know, whatever she, she, however she handled it. Right. But my job here, um, I'm trying to think what's the, um, so there's a movie called uh, Thickest Thieves, and I don't think you've seen it with me. Yeah, I, lo- I love Thickest Thieves. It's it's really it's really good. Alec Baldwin, Michael Jai White, um, uh, uh, Andre Brower, um, uh, 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 no, not Arquette. Um, shit, I can't think of her name now. Uh, Rebecca De Mornay, mm. and it's got a great cast of people too, right? It's it's really really good. Um, but uh, she Rebecca De Mornay goes to Michael Jai White's character. She's a cop. And he's a, a low-level thug, or runs a, a criminal, like a small-time criminal empire. Um, but um, he's like, "So you here to, you know, find out like who who burned all my cars?" She's like, "No, no, no. I'm working this murder case with these two cops." She's right. like, "You know, I don't care about that." She's like, "That's some other cop's problem. Job right, is right. to find out who did that." So it's like, I'm working this case right here. And it's like, for me, I take Rorschach as like, it's like, yeah, I, I get that. But that's somebody else's thing to, to, to handle that. This guy was murdered, which, uh, you know, for as far as I know, had nothing to do with that. Right. So somebody murdered him and I want to figure, I want to solve that crime and get that murder put away. Um, so yeah, that happened, but. I shouldn't just let this murder go because of that. You know, right, if right. it was tied to it, then obviously that makes sense. But yeah, in this yeah. case, you know, yeah, which again makes sense with the whole objectivist thing, right? It, there's there's the line. I'm not here to speculate on the moral lapses of men who died in their country's service. I came to warn you. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just. It kind of goes in like Rorschach is also somewhat unemotional, or he tries to be, I guess. Yeah, he tries to be, but and he's someone who kind of gets blindsided by his emotions a lot. Yeah, um, and we we mentioned this in the other one. We were talking about it about you know the difference between Walter Kovacs and Rorschach, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know it's uh, I think Rorschach has emotions, and the reason he can it it almost kind of goes to uh, um, Jojo Cutter. It's like bit. the only the only reason he can't uh, he can have emotions is because he's hidden behind that mask. Yeah, as yeah. where Walter does not have emotions. And you yeah, see him yeah. walk. Every time you see him, he he's expressionless. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the only time you really see an expression from Kovacs is the first time they take the mask off. And right. he says, give me back my face! And that's because they're taking it off. So that's really more Rorschach mm-hmm. expressing that than it is Kovacs. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't had a chance to, like, exodus Kovacs. inward, so to speak. Right. So, um, but so getting into, getting into, um, into Rorschach, like, uh, kind of really getting into him. You've got two different people, as we said. Um, you've got Rorschach and you've got Kovacs. And, uh, and we were talking just now, I was, I had a thought, you know, like, why wouldn't Rorschach come in through the old service tunnel? Yeah. And it was shortly after I said, it, I was like, okay, well, that's why. That's, that service tunnel leads into the owl cave. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not part of Dan's life. Right. That's not part of his life anymore. Dan lives above that. Yeah. I'm going to see Dan, not the night owl. Uh-huh. The night owl is not here anymore. So I'm breaking into Dan's house. 
Yep. I'm not going to go into the Night Owl's place because that's not who I came to see. This guy doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. And that is something I do have to say in favor of Rorschach is that he does respect boundaries when they're set. Yes. Because when he goes to warn John and Lori, he addresses Lori as Miss Jupiter, mm-hmm. built all around her superhero codename. She says, don't call me that, it's Euspechic. And from there on, he calls her Euspechic the whole rest of the book. There's yeah. no point where he's going to double down on that. It's like, fine, you don't want to be Miss Jupiter, you're not Miss Jupiter. And I'll never, never put you on that level again. And he never calls her Lori either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think Rorschach is scared of women. <laughs> I'm well, pretty sure. <laughs> I, I think he has, I think he does have like a, an, a, I think he has a love-hate relationship for women. Mm-hmm. Like he, he worry like he cares about them because he sees them as being. Um, I'm not, not going to say weak, but he sees them as being vulnerable. Yeah, like well, I think he sees them as like something to be protected. It's the right. whole chivalry mindset. But at the same time, though, like he sees them to be protected, and that they're more vulnerable to all the threats that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, he knows that. If, if if they're not protected, they can become very callous. Right. You know, right. just like his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk more about Rorschach before I get into his how he how he came to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll have to talk, of course, about his therapist. Um, yeah, of course. Um so uh but for so for, for Rorschach, here's a guy that protects the city you know they they talk about how and we mentioned this in the other one where when uh when they said okay mass vigilantes and that, that that's it you're done mm-hmm. and um and Rorschach just said you know he just left a body on the street with a sign that said <laughs> never and that was it god i love that scene <laughs> but they also don't go after him either so I think it's one of those things where we're not going to go after him because one, we know he's extremely da- dangerous. Mm-hmm. Two, we know that he only goes after certain people. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like here, here's an element of crime that we try to stay away from because it is so thick and grimy, and we've got this guy out here who is dispensing justice in a way that we can't. Right. People fear Rorschach. Yeah. And so I got to go to to the bar, the 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 um. The bar scene. Oh, God, the bar scene, yeah. Uh, which is... Because that stupid fucker was new in town. <laughs> and, <that> is, <laughs> and it's just so funny, because he's... Because obviously this guy is trying to... Is trying to, to be tough. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and what I love about that scene is that, you know, like I said, they, when people... Um, when, like, if you look at the cops, you know, from my, my perspective, you look at them and they're like, okay, here's a guy that... Uh, that criminals fear. They don't fear police the same way that um, that they uh, that they fear Rorschach because they the police can't go where he goes. Right. You know they right. can't do what he does, and that makes it um, and so that makes it more difficult for us to really kind of get in there and like instill that fear. What are we going to do? We're going to put him in prison, and then what? They're going to just or put him in jail, and then they're going to get back out again, right? Yep. And yep. And so, like, and that's that's kind of thing among criminals. As, as I talk, like I've you know hung around criminals a lot, but you know among <laughs> criminals, it's like it's almost this thing, like you know, like uh, like yeah, this is my my third time in, or I just got out again. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah there he goes. Like uh, yeah, yeah, I've been back in back in the you know prison again or back in jail again. No big deal. And it's it's almost almost like a like a bragging right of sorts. Like it's right, like a right. like a um like a uh, a rite of passage. You know. Like now I'm, I'm back in there again, and, and even sometimes you hear it, you know, amongst like uh, 
let's say like the police or whatever um it's like oh see, i see you're back again it's like right, you know, yeah oh, you're a two-timer aren't right you? so it's so that doesn't really do anything but then you've got rorschach who is and i'm trying to find that damn scene i thought it was earlier on but Ch- chapter one page 15 is it okay yep I, I, was, I was gonna say i thought it was early on but then uh missed it thank you so it's right after he visits dan yep okay where you know rorschach you know talks about um you know how he's got to find out who killed him, and he goes into Happy Harry's bar, and <laughs> you know he walks in, and everybody stops, and they're like, "Oh shit!" You know, it's yeah, like yeah. here's Rorschach. If a police officer went in there, right, it wouldn't be the same, right? Yeah. And so I think the police give him a lot of leeway in that sense because they know that he instills fear in in a, a you know this part of of the city that they can't, mm-hmm. and that and and he can do it as one person. They have to come in there like as a you know, full force, yeah, you yeah. know, to get one person. He comes in there as one person, so it's like he kind of does that for us. Yes, he's a you know, if we have to bring him down because he's obviously you know, yeah, uh, he's a criminal, we will. And but you know, as of right now, we're kind of kind of turn a blind eye because if they really wanted to go after him, they could go after him, right? Yeah, yeah. They really could, but they're, they're but they're not. That's creepy. Yeah. Um. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but he goes in the bar. And everybody is just uh, is just scared. And I love the um, when he goes in there and the bartender is like he's he just starts like Rorschach, and and then and he's like and I just love this because Rorschach goes you know I'm fine Happy Harry yourself and goes fine I'm 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 fine and and uh, and I'm uh, I'm I'm glad you're fine too and uh, uh, oh God please don't kill anybody. He owns and runs a bar that is frequented by criminals, right? And this guy just has him stuttering like a baby. <laughs> and he just he knows. It's like, oh, well, Rorschach's here. Somebody's probably going to die tonight. And then the guy, the two guys are sitting at the bar and the one that makes the comment about Rorschach and his partner gets up in the bar and he's just like, I got to take a leak. I gotta yeah, it's like, there's, there's no washing your friends back here. It's like, oh, fuck, dude, you done done it. And then Rorschach just starts to torture the guy. <laughs> we're talking about, like, either, if they're not hardened criminals, right, then these are people that are like, seen some shit, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like dock workers and shit like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And And they're all just, they're all just wide-eyed and just, and the one guy goes, please, you know, we don't know anything, just leave alone. These are people that wouldn't normally tell you to leave somebody alone that they don't know, <laughs> but they're like, please, leave him alone. We don't know anything, just stop. That is, that is, like amazing that's, yeah, yeah. that's so and again i'm not trying to make him seem like he's such an awesome person but i mean it's badass it is badass it's not good it's not something you never see superman do but like it's badass and he just it, we I've, I've talked about this before one reason i love samuel l jackson and uma thurman so much is because they can just control a scene they're just really good at making it seem like their characters are just in complete control of the entire room when they're in a scene yep. and rorschach is that way where he walks into the bar he fucking owns it. Everybody is under his spell. He breaks this guy's finger and he's like, okay, attention everybody, I've just broken this man's little finger. <laughs> who killed Edward Blake? Nobody says anything. And his index finger. Okay, who killed Edward Blake? It's like, it's that It's that level of control. It's the same reason why I like the bad guys in Breaking Bad so much because they just have this level of control where it's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna break down exactly everything I know about you and here's why you can't get a step ahead of me, period. Because I'm already four dimensions ahead of you. And uh, 
Rorschach also breaks into a military research facility yeah. with armed guards. <laughs> like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like no big deal. I just he just breaks right on in. <laughs> uh, so one thing I always liked about Rorschach is um, after the first time after he talks to Moloch, and he's just heading down the street, and all the prostitutes are uh, prep, uh, prep, are trying to seduce him. Man, my brain just died right there. <laughs> But he says, um, was offered Swedish love and French love, but not American love. American love like Coke and green glass bottles. They don't make it anymore. He's just like, he's got such a, he just wants like that old timey morality kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like he, it's like he's missing the thirties and forties sort of mindset. Yeah. It's a, it kind of reminds me of a, you've seen No Country for Old Men? Not yet. But I hear it's really good. Oh God, it's beautiful. Um, but in No Country, um, the, the end of the of because uh, the movie takes place um was it nineteen seventy nine or I think nineteen eighty I think it's nineteen seventy nine mm-hmm. um and uh, and you see the same thing with this in Boogie Nights too um uh, because the the New Year's Eve party in nineteen seventy nine Boogie Nights is is just just like this um but at the end of it after everything that's happened um Tommy Lee Jones's character is talking to his wife about the dream he had and um. And then he's, uh, you know, and he, and then it's, uh, he, he says, you know, I had this dream. It's like, you know, I was held my father was on a horse is waiting for me and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she's like, what do you think of me? It's like, you know, it's like nothing. It's just a dream. And then it just goes black. And it's like, the thing is that cause he, he retires at that point. He's done after, after this last job, he retires, but it was up until this point, there was a, this belief that there were good guys and there were bad guys. And the good guys, you know, outnumbered the bad guys. And for the most part, the bad guys always got their due, you know. Right, right. Um, you know, sometimes the bad guys are really bad, but eventually, you know, they were caught. Right, they, right. They, you know, they always were always coming to them. But, if they, you know, after this thing, it's like, you know, this is a brand new decade. It's, a, it's you know, it's a brand new year, brand new decade. And things aren't like they were before. It's right. like... Now we're entering a territory where the bad guys can get away. The cops can't always stop them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, and at that point, it's like he retires, you know, and it's like this, like, it, I, I, this is not a world I can be a part of anymore in right, this capacity. Right. And I think Rorschach's the same where it's like, you know, he watched everything to kind of start to turn and he was like, you know, like, I, I want for a simpler time. And maybe even he's, maybe even that thing he's saying before Dr. Manhattan, you know, like right. a time when, you know, when there was such a thing as justice and righteousness and, you know, bad things happen, but, you know, but people, um, were, were caught and they paid for their crimes, you know, um, but now, now we have things like this where, you know, people, the crimes can go completely unpunished. Right. Right. Um, which is, which is one of the things that made him into, which, which is one of the things that had him first put on the mask. Right. You know, right. The and it's like, thing. Right. And it's, uh, it's this old thing, you know, it's almost, like, almost in a sense where I don't necessarily want to do this, but I, I, I have to do this. Right. Because, you know, you can, um, like it, wanting a simpler time is great, but that time will never come back. Right. Yeah. And, and, and if you try to play by those rules, which I learned the hard way, you try to play by those rules, you know, it gets you nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm the person that you've created, society has created, and I'm not necessarily happy about it, but 
here I am. Right. Yeah. And and I'm doing the job that you've basically asked me to do, even though you didn't technically ask me to do it, but you know, the times change. You need someone to change with it. Yeah. And that's yeah. me. It's it I mean, it's just the whole thing that he just accepts that humanity is garbage. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's why his opening diatribe is all about it's like this the city's garbage. People are going to realize their wrongdoing and then they're going to want me to help them and at that point it'll be too late. Right. Yeah, I I, I I, I think that's that's great. You know what you're saying is like the um, his whole thing is like and I'll whisper no. It's not not because I'm not I'm, I'm unwilling, but when I needed your help mm-hmm. to keep things from getting to this point, yep, you didn't you didn't want to help me, but now you're like oh please save me. It's like why you contributed to all of this? Yeah, I gave yeah. you a chance to to not, and you turned me away. Mm-hmm. And I'm you like had you know every opportunity to do right, and you chose not to. Right, and now you're like oh all the batch is coming down. I'm like yeah, it sure is. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks, doesn't it? Uh, so here's this one page here from uh like the the Minuteman meeting, the one where um uh, comedian burns up the uh the the whole like the uh, the city map. Yeah, well, no, is it a I was trying to think. So, map was just like a plan of like well, everything that was going on, like all the uh, different things that. Uh, it's, it's a city map of the country. Uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, the country. Yeah, showing like different crime waves and stuff. And uh, but Rorschach says in there, he says, um, and and when we look at Rorschach here, uh, he's very clean uh, from what you can see. Um, mm-hmm. Even his stance, like his his coat is not buttoned all the way down like you normally see. Yep. It's open. He's got his hand in his pocket, and he says. Obviously, I agree, but a group this size seems more like a publicity exercise somehow. It's too big and unwieldy. Yeah, he's not uh, He's not speaking in the broken English that he usually does. Right. The short, choppy sentences. Right, because he's, he's not a broken man there. Yeah, um, it was and pre-kidnapping. He, right, and he even says here, he says, you know, why the crime busters? Um, they, that's like a question he asks, like, why we want to why you want to call themselves a crime busters? I mean, but... Yeah, that's that's still a guy that's thinking. Yeah, you know, we go, we bust some heads on the docks and and all this stuff, and and we, you know, kind of it, it's almost it's almost like it's a, kind of like a game where yeah, you know, we know you guys are going to do this stuff. You know that you know we're going to try to stop you. We go down there, we bust up some things, we stop your racket this time. You're going to come back, and we're going to do this. But you know, it's it, it's it's kind of maintaining a balance. Yeah, yeah, and and he even tells the psychiatrist, you know, when I first started, I wasn't Rorschach. I was too easy on the criminals. I'd mm-hmm. let him go. I'd give him a warning. I'd put him in jail, whatever. You know, it wasn't until the kidnapping where it, it, he just realized, like, there's no redeeming this. Right. And I think what he realizes that what he thought there was a balance mm-hmm. because he wasn't because he wasn't, I guess, going to the extremes that he needed to. Yeah. There really wasn't a balance. He thought it was like, okay, you did this, I did this, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, now we're back to even. But those people kept coming, right, and right. and every time they continued to keep keep coming, other people saw it was like, oh well, you're not. This guy's not going to kill you. He's not going to do this. He's not going to do that. So in a sense, like, um, it, it's like, well, hell, and it's like, yeah, I can do that too. So right. then it starts to get out of balance. But he, all he sees is that you know. These people are doing this. I stop them or whatever yeah. for the most part, and I'm maintaining a balance. It's like, yeah, but no, the the criminals are starting to out, you know, like out um, overpower, overrun you as yeah, far as numbers yeah. go. It's like they there's just they don't fix anything. Like they don't correct their ways. And I know you're not crazy about the Christmas Vacation movie, but when Clark hits that point where he just gives zero fucks anymore and he just gets the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he just like, he cuts down the tree in their front yard and they're like, wasn't that a bit extreme? He's like, no, we needed a Christmas tree. I got us a Christmas tree. <laughs> Problem solved. 
So he just sets it up in the front yard, and then as he walks by the banister, the banister's rickety, so he just, like, cuts through the banister. He's like, fix the banister! He's like, that's the point that Rorschach's at, where it's like, no, this guy committed a crime, now I made it so he will never commit a crime again. Problem solved. Right. (laughs) There you go. This is my favorite panel of Rorschach, is uh, the scene while he's talking to the psychiatrist, and you see that the guy was spray-painting who watches The Watchmen. And there's just a splat where he just punched the guy out, and he's walking away. Everything about that panel is beautiful to me. The framing, all that, so good. And and that was, you know, that's because you see in that same panel, it's a uh, like there's the the newspaper that says the Keen Act passed, so it's like yep. that's right when they were like, you can't be a hero anymore. Yep. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> yes, I can. Just fucking dropped the guy just because he was spray painting. <laughs> where are we at, by the way? Um. We are 45 minutes in. We have barely gotten into Kovacs. So you want to two-parter this one? Uh, do we want a two-parter? I'm, I'm fine with that, yeah. Yeah, because I mean... Cause we, cause we're we, just scratching the surface. Yeah, so... We knew this would happen. Yeah, we were, we were <laughs> expecting this. Um, but like I said, it's, when you're talking about Rorschach, you have to lay down the foundation of who he is. You can't just say, yeah, Rorschach is awesome. And then, like, name off all these awesome, what we see is awesome things that he did. It's like, no, there's, there's more to that that you really have to kind of break down and understand. Right. And so, yeah. So uh, we'll call this Rorschach Part 1. Yeah, works for me. All right. And, um, and then we'll, we, we, we will be back. With Rorschach Part 2. Absolutely. So, check us out next time, babies. Yeah, my name is Turk182. And I'm a Comey. And, um, you know, we all long for the days of uh, when when times are simpler and, you know, criminals got what was coming to them. Um, and so, uh, whenever I had that longing for those old days, that's when I always pull out a bottle of nostalgia for men. <laughs> I just get some Coke in a green glass bottle. (laughs) All right. Well, catch you all next time for uh, our Watchmen character breakdown, Rorschach Part 2. Yeah. Later, y'all. Zang, yo. All right there, folks. That was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give him a hand. <laughs>